0: breaking news the x-waiver for a long time has felt like this ridiculous and antiquated extra shackle that's been placed on clinicians right it's like have you been in an er recently right do you see what we're dealing with and then on top of that the x-waiver made it uh, a requirement that physicians would have to go and get eight hours worth of training in some cases they actually had to pay money to get this extra certification to treat patients with opioid use disorder.
1: That is a new voice to MRAP. That's Dr. Alistair Martin, assistant professor of EM at Harvard Medical School and the founder of Get Waiver, an initiative that endeavors to arm clinicians with the most effective means of combating the opioid crisis. And over the last year, he has worked at the White House as a senior advisor, making him perfectly positioned to get into this topic, which is the elimination of the X-Waiver which happened back on December 29th, 2022, when President Biden signed a massive federal spending bill into law. That X waiver is now eliminated. And there's been lots of questions about what exactly that means, which is why we've got Alistair here to tease all of it out.
0: Real critical takeaway from this, I think Swami is, as long as it's easier for our patients to get access to illicit substances than it is to get access to addiction treatment, they're going to continue to use illicit substances. And so eliminating the X waiver really is a, is a huge step at increasing access to addiction treatment.
1: It's a massive deal to see the X waiver go away and make it so that everybody can prescribe this stuff. And you're right. I definitely have patients come in. I ask them about bup and they're like, well, I would love to, but nobody can prescribe it for me. Right. Because there is right, that little right. barrier there. And there's all these workarounds. Right. I'm sure you had them in your hospital. So we had on-call docs that are X waivered so that you could call that person and say, Hey, I got a patient here who wants bup. Can you write it for them? Because I couldn't do it myself. But Alistair, I am X-waivered now, and that means that I can write a prescription for bup for a patient in the ED. Even without the X-waiver, my colleagues can give bup to a patient who comes into the ED with withdrawal, right? They can all do a single dose. They can't prescribe them to go home with. But what does eliminating the X-waiver change? How does it change my prescription of bup or my prescription in the emergency department?
0: Yes, you're totally right. If you did not have an X-waiver, you could, in the ED, give a dose of buprenorphine. But what you could not do was actually prescribe buprenorphine, right? And so here's an important thing to kind of take away for the listeners here. The idea is on December 29th, the day before the president signed this bill, there were 130,000 clinicians across the country who had the ability to prescribe buprenorphine. These are PAs, NPs, physicians. On December 30th, when the president signed the bill, the number of folks that could prescribe buprenorphine went up to 1.8% million clinicians across the country who can now prescribe buprenorphine. That's, as we used to say at the White House, it's a big f***ing deal.
1: (laughs) It is a big f***ing deal. It is a huge deal to massively increase the number of people who can prescribe the medication. But we've gotten a lot of questions with burying the x-ray for, with putting it away from our listeners. And that's really what we have you on here to try to answer. One of the big questions has been about this reinstated mandatory training. What does that involve exactly?
0: So it's a space to watch, Swami. It's a space that we've got to watch very, very, very closely. Here's what the law says. In order for you to reapply or recertify for your DEA, you have to show that you've now done eight hours worth of addiction training. So it no longer applies just to buprenorphine. What this means now is if you want a DEA license to prescribe oxycodone, PO morphine, any other type of opioid, you need to have now a eight hours worth of addiction training that you've done when you go to reapply for your DAA license. And so really at the end of the day, what this is, is it's trying to fill a hole that many of us know exists, which is in medical school, we didn't really get addiction training. And so that's what the intent of the law is, but it's a space to watch very, very closely. And we'll continue to uh, stay in conversation with our federal counterparts to make sure this is done correctly. So
1: part of what we've done is shift the little bit of a roadblock. The roadblock has shifted from I have to do this training to get an X waiver to, I need to do the training to understand the prescriptions that I'm giving for opiates or the opiates that I'm prescribing in the emergency department. You got it. Alistair, this doesn't just apply to us in the ED. It applies to all of our counterparts throughout the House of Medicine, working in private practice. And we know that we're only responsible for a small bit of all of the opiates that are out there. So this applies to everybody to get this training. But what is that training exactly going to be? Is it going to be a bunch of eight-hour courses that we have to pay for? Is it going to be from our professional organizations? Could MRAP just say, hey, we've got eight hours of opiate-related CME that you can use to fill that training?
0: This is the space to watch. You've got to be very, <laughs> very, very cognizant of what happens here. So here's what the law says. The law specifically names seven organizations that can create this eight-hour trade. It's the American Society of Addiction Medicine, American Academy of Addiction Psychiatry, the AMA, AOA, ADA, American Dental Association, and a couple of other awards. Notably, ASAP is not specifically called out as one of the organizations that can But on closer reading, there's another part of the law that suggests that any organization that's accredited by the ACCME can create the eight-hour trade. So theoretically, if you're reading the law closely, which most of us are, that basically says that if you can create CME content, most likely your eight-hour training will count. All right, that's
1: pretty massive because I think a lot of our listeners are obviously relying on MRAP and other organizations to get their CME. The last thing they want to do if they don't have to is to have to do another level of CME to do this as long as we have good content. And I'm not just talking about MRAP. I'm talking about all of our professional organizations providing good content, teaching people not only how to use buprenorphine, but also how to properly and safely prescribe opiates to patients and really get them taken care of. So again, we're shifting a little bit of that onus, making it really important for us to have proper training on using the medications, not just those that are directed at opiate use disorder, but the opiates themselves. Hopefully we can stop patients from developing that opiate use disorder in the first place. And again, not just you and I in the emergency department, but all of us in the house of medicine, that's the important part here.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: All right, so what training is specifically designed, or, or is there? any specifically designed training that meets this requirement right now?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, a huge shout out to you all, you know, I've, I've been a, a fan uh, of MRAP for, for many, many years. You guys got me through residency, got me through the, uh, the the board board studying period of my life. And so, you know, you all have incredible content, right? ASEP's got incredible content. ALEM has incredible content out there. So lots of sources of content. The thing that we're watching closely here, again, as I mentioned, is, is it true that those who have CME grading ability, those organizations, is it true that those courses will be considered by the DEA as satisfying the eight-hour requirement? On top of that, so the other thing that we're watching is that some of those organizations that were specifically named, uh, like I just went through, in the past, those organizations used to charge money for the X-Waiver training course. And so we really want to make sure that this does not become some new financial barrier, some other roadblock that's put in our way as clinicians to get our DAX licenses, or DAA licenses uh, recertified. All
1: right, yeah, that's really important. because I think even though the amount of money for one of these courses might not be that much, people really don't want to pay the extra thing to get to that DEA license. And at the same time, none of us can practice without the DEA for emergency physicians, at least, and emergency right. clinicians. We all need that. So that is something that we're going to really have to keep an eye on. I do want to get into some specifics. So you said on December 28th, there were about 130,000 people that were X-waivered who could prescribe buprenorphine. A day later, that went up to 1.8 million. Does that mean that anybody, whether they have an X-waiver in the past or not, can write a prescription for a patient to get outpatient buprenorphine right now?
0: You nailed it. Today, you can write a prescription for buprenorphine, period, point blank, full stop. Okay.
1: Okay. That's really important. That's, that's really what really important says. thing for people to hear. Boom. That's what the law says. You don't have to have the X waiver in the past. You don't have to worry about what the new training is that's coming and going to be required for this window of time right now. You can prescribe the buprenorphine absolutely 100. percent So not a single physician who has a DEA license. If you have a DEA, you have the ability to prescribe buprenorphine right now. That's a huge take home message for everybody, Alistair.
0: Huge deal. Bold it. Underline it. Book market. This is a big deal, and uh, you know we really got to do what we can to get patients the care they need. Look, we we saw over a hundred thousand overdose deaths just in the last year alone. That's the the the, the highest ever on record. We've got to do our part. Every house part of the house of medicine's got to do our part. And emergency medicine f- physicians and PAs and, and NPs can really uh, have a huge impact on the addiction crisis by starting to prescribe today.
1: Alistair, one thing we really haven't talked about here is recent grads, both medical students and residents. How does this new law affect that group?
0: Yeah, so you know we're sort of calling this the, the student and resident carve-out, uh, which uh, the student and resident listeners will like. And that is basically that if you graduated within the period of time immediately preceding, five-year period of time immediately preceding when you first apply for your DEA, so long as you got eight hours worth of training in addiction, at your medical school or at your residency, you will basically be exempted from having to go out and get this extra trait. And so medical schools, residencies, dental schools, osteopathic schools, they all count, they all qualify, and they're all working right now to try and incorporate this addiction trait.
1: And this really reflects the fact that when I trained, when I was in medical school and did residency, we really didn't do anything about addiction medicine, but now has become a core part of what medical schools and residencies are teaching residents. That's right. Right. Alistair, I got to say, you made this really simple, or at least the law made it really simple because all of the rest of my questions were different scenarios that clinicians might have and whether they could prescribe butte. But you've just told me, as of today, right now, everybody who has a DEA can prescribe buprenorphine, no special training at this point. That's kind of, you know, stolen a little bit of my thunder with the other questions. So I kind of want to turn this on you. Are there other things that you think our listeners really need to know that we haven't already mentioned?
0: Let's talk about two more things. Follow me. The first is the grandfathering in or not of those who have X waivers into this. And the second is the six month grace period. Okay. So let's talk about the folks out there who have X waivers. So, with our organization Get Waiver, we helped over 5,000 clinicians get the training they needed to get their DAX waiver. So, what happens to them, right? They have X waivers. Do they now need to go out and do another eight hours of training? So, we're working with the Biden administration, folks from the ONDCP at the White House and some other federal stakeholders to try and make sure that they see that, look, if someone's done the training, they need to get an X waiver, that should qualify, that should count for this new requirement. And so we're working with them. And so far, they've been very receptive. But let's check back in on that over time to see if that falls through. The second is the six-month grace period. So if you were to recertify your DEA today, right? you do not need to do the eight-hour training and your DEA, right? The license that you have now will carry over through the time period for when the eight-hour training will become a requirement, which is six months from the signing of the bill. So in July. So basically, if you get your DEA license today, right? You will not have to show that you've done the eight-hour training in order to get that license. Now, if in July you go and recertify your DEA license. You will at that point have to do this eight-hour requirement that's being asked of us. So what's the takeaway? The takeaway is everyone gets six months right now, right, to prescribe buprenorphine, to do this act of really making sure our patients connect to treatment, and they don't have to do the extra step of getting that eight-hour uh, trade. But after six months in July, this new requirement will kick in.
1: And when you get that training, when you do whatever the training is that ends up being specified and all the different organizations that provide it, if you do that training, is that going to be for the duration of that
0: DEA license or is it going to be for the duration of you as a practitioner? Great question. Great question. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. It's one time, which is fantastic. You do not need to do this training every time you reapply. So that's fantastic. Why is this so important? The so what of this is this. In the early 90s, France dealt with an opiate epidemic that was crushing its population. Its overdose death rates were skyrocketing. They deregulated buprenorphine in the early 90s. What happened? Within three years, overdose deaths rates dropped by 80%. We effectively have entered into a similar scenario here. The only way we're going to see that kind of effect, those kinds of results, is if people start treating OUD uh, really for many of many of the folks, listeners out there, maybe for the first time, but we have to do our best and we've got to begin to really lean into treating OUD now.
1: Summary. All right. So, Alistair, let me sum this up a little bit. As of right now, as of December 29th, every person who has a DEA license can prescribe buprenorphine for their patients at least for the next six months during that grace period while we really tease out exactly what that training is going to be. If you don't have a DEA license, if you renew today, you're going to be able to prescribe bup for the duration of that DEA license without getting the extra training. But once that training comes into place in six months, if you renew your DEA at that point and you weren't prior X waivered you're gonna to have to do that training one time, one time training in order to get your next DEA license and be able to prescribe bup. For those of us who are already x waivered we're gonna to have to kind of pay attention and see when my DEA license comes up, am I gonna to have to do that training again or is my X waiver from before going to qualify as my training to push me through? And again, this is really going to lower the barriers to prescribing bup. All of those people out there who wanted to prescribe it, but couldn't because they weren't X waiver they hadn't done that step. It's going to really help that group. And I think it's going to help with the training that we get and really the information that we're given on how OUD needs to best be treated. Of course, we do have some segments in MRAP. People can go back to those talking about how to use bup, how to get patients started on this even how to get them hooked up with the follow-up that they need to continue to get their buprenorphine. I think, like you said, up at the top, Alistair, this is a big deal in emergency medicine. We've had a couple of these kind of big announcements coming into this year. This is another big one that really is going to shift practice and how we deliver care.
0: That's right. You nailed it.